Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Have you been thinking about maybe having your own podcast? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple and many more. With Anchor, you can start to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's truly everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all of the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. In the world of Real Housewives, things can sometimes be a little toxic. However, for my next guest, in spite of it all, a true friendship was forged. This woman is important to me on so many levels. Aside from being wildly recognized for her role on Roni for six seasons, many of you don't know Carol first started her career as a journalist with ABC News. She produced stories for 2020 and Primetime Live and the likes, with a career that spans nearly two decades. She's a New York Times bestselling author, has received multiple Emmy Awards, and I'm so excited to welcome my good friend, Carol Radswell. Hey, Raz. Hello. Holla. Holla, mama. <laughs> so many people think that, you know, we had a long friendship before the show and that's not the case at all. We actually met maybe like a week or so before filming started. Do you remember? I remember we met for because they cast you and I and Aviva Drescher, a lot of people that season because they fired so many casts all at once, which was difficult to a get. A big new- shakeup. Yeah, big shakeup. And, and then the producer wanted me to meet with you because of the three of us, she thought you and I would sort of have this natural affinity for each other and friendship. So we met at the Ace Hotel, I think, a yes. restaurant in the Ace Hotel. We sat in a little booth. It was very dark. I was, I think I was there first. You walked in like a hurricane. <laughs> I, like Up until that point had been like pretty much living in solitary, writing my second book. And you were just a whirlwind. I remember you, I think you even called me Radzi at that first meeting. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) I do sometimes feel in my heart that I need to take credit for your nickname, which is a name you had for many years before you ever even met me, that I really feel like it's my nickname for you. (laughs) You put it on the map. And then to be honest, I was a bit overwhelmed that lunch. And I thought you had just so much energy. I hadn't seen that in a while. And then I just thought, wow, this is, this is going to be an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, it was. Oh my God. But honestly, like jumping into that pool, like really you didn't know anybody else. I mean, that was pretty intense. I mean, that was an intense way in which to form a friendship. 
It really was. And I, I, I think I felt with both you and Aviva, even though I didn't meet Aviva before filming, was the three of us were coming in together to a big shakeup. So I felt, you know, not that I was ever a member of a sorority, but I guess it would feel like that. I felt like we were standing on this starting line together and I thought we were there to, if you will, raise the bar to the show. Like That really worked. (laughs) Well, I really believed it at the beginning. And then you actually helped me see the light because of your television experience and your producing experience. You were like, no, 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 girl. Uh Uh-uh. That's not how it's going to be. I would say I remember like the moment I felt like a real solidarity and real friendship with you was when we went away to St. Bart's. Yes. And then suddenly I thought, oh, this is the real thing. Like we are really like, we have the same values. We laugh at the same things. We're shocked by the same things. I'm like, this is, this is my girl. Totally. And that was like two thirds into, I guess, filming something. I mean, it takes a while because you're thrown into this mess and you just don't know what is real and what is reality. And and we were just trying to keep it super real. I know I was, I know you were, I I don't know if Aviva ultimately was. No, she wasn't. And she'd admit it. She, she watched the show and knew what would create drama and intrigue and good television. You know, even Dorinda was like that. I think Dorinda and Aviva had a similar eyeball on the show going into it unlike you and I. Now, the, I mean, I was the most yellow-bellied, I think, out of everybody because I didn't have any television production experience behind me. I had produced you a few- You were very earnest. Right. I remember you helping Sonia with that fake- Oh my God. Poster of it. And I'm like, Heather, stop. <laughs> stop. I really truly believe that's one of the- Toaster oven is one of the funniest memories of the show. And the reason why it is for me is because- I truly believed that I was going to help her. If there was a production of Toaster Ovens coming, like we would have sold them. If she had stuck with me, every college kid and every gay man would have had those things sitting on their counters for $39. You know what I mean? I I really... You being earnest again. She had no intention of making a toaster oven. It was just a funny storyline for the show. (laughs) That's why I'm a terrible housewife because... (laughs) I'm a sucker every time. You know what I mean? (laughs) I want to talk about something that I think was one of the funniest, but most scary and like in my face episodes for me. And that was St. Bart's. So you mentioned that that's when you, I felt connected to you, I think a little bit before that episode, which is why it got me so upset. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you guys went to dinner. Remember you were going on a double date with Russ and Aviva and Reed. When he had like, you know, firebombed our trip anyway. And like, boy, you know what I mean? And like, like, why can't I go too? Just because Jonathan's not there. And you left me with Ramona and Luann and Sonia, who I was not exactly getting along. You know, I was like deer caught in the headlights. I remember going on on that double date, which was supremely awkward. I mean, that (laughs) wasn't even, I don't even know if they ended up putting it in the show. I, yeah, they did for a second because it had to be a speed bump because I was at dinner with Sonia and Ramona and Lu- Luann. No, it was Sonia and Luann got in the sickest fight when we were at dinner. And it was it was the sickest. And all of this dirt came up about last season's. It was all breaking the fourth wall. And so none of it made it in. But I was like in shock. I was like literally shaking after that meal. I, there was all kinds of stuff coming out about like drugs and, you know, so 
it was like a reality check. And I think it was after that, that we went to that club and all dressed up like pirates and the pirate came back. Yes. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm asked about St. Bart's and the pirate the most of all of the things that happened on the yeah. show. And it's my downfall with Luann every time, like the random man becomes like the downfall for me. (laughs) You you became, I thought, really good friends with Luann. I did. I did. I Well, I thought that that was a real friendship. I really did. And did you know her before? No, I met her on the show. And honestly... The first time we met and they edit, that was also, I've told this story to Andy before. That was when I realized what kind of show I was on and what lane I was in. When Luann and I first met, I don't know if you remember, but I'll remind you and you will. When I first started uh, filming my first season, my dad had just died. My dad literally really just died. And, you know, I was filming a reality show. So I was like, how do I not be real? Right. So the first scene that uh, we shot when I brought you to Sonia's party, that was the first time I ever met Luann. And she asked me, like, we were having a normal conversation. Like, where are you from? Blah, 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 blah. For some reason, I told her my dad was from Scotland. And I said, he just passed. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I just lost my dad. And we had this really nice conversation about it. And in a way, it bonded us. But when I watched the show, all that got edited out. And when I said, yeah, I just lost my dad, they cut right to a talking head of Luann. She goes, uh, not exactly conversation for a cocktail party, honey. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, that was the edit I saw. And I remember my, (laughs) I remember my stomach flipped and my heart turned and I thought, wow, man, that's, that's cold. (laughs) That is cold. So we did have a genuine friendship, but. Nothing really I, I learned with Luann is genuine. Oh, no, no, no. You know what I mean? No, and, I mean? And if I had lied for her and said a bunch of Italians showed up in my room, it still wouldn't have served me. You know what I mean? Like, even if I'd gone to bat for her, three years later, I realized, like, thank God for my constitution, it wouldn't have mattered. I would have wound up with egg on my face. I remember being shocked, just like blown away, shocked when I went down Remember the morning I woke up and I, I went down to your room and I said, what was going on last night? What was Luann doing and who was, there? <laughs> who was there? And if you had not been the one to tell me what had gone down, I never would have believed it because I thought there's just no way these women would bring home strangers and party with them all night when there's like TV cameras and producers all over. I felt so alone because I was sleeping in that room by myself. And listen, we threw back uh, quite a few tequila shots in those pirate costumes and mom yeah. was passed out cold. I was sleeping <laughs> hard, you know, and all of a sudden I felt the knock at the door and I heard Luann's deep voice and I got nervous. I remember I jumped up and when I said, Luann, I opened the door and she's like, hi, I'm like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, can I come in? And I'm like, of course. And she comes in and then in comes the pirate slides in behind her. I'm like, oh, okay. What's going on? We were mic'd up. This was before either of us, I think, knew about what a hot mic was. That is when we were giggling and talking and I was like, holy shit, yes, what? Is that right. what I heard last night? That is, ugh, gross. Yeah. But then when we walked out of your room, the producer yes. was 
walking right outside the door right and there, there was a in there. Yeah. And we were like, wait, what? What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably how some of production found out. They recorded you telling me what had happened the night before. That whole trip was literally like popping my housewife's cherry. <laughs> I, I mean, it really was. I don't know how else to describe it other than that because everything happened on that trip. That was some inauguration into a trip. It that was, was probably crazy. by far... The, the craziest one. It was our first, maybe it wasn't as crazy, but we were so new. We were shocked we were by so new everything. Because then when I go to Turks and Caicos, now I'm seasoned. I'm not so yellow bellied. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, you know, the gray hairs are growing and I've been around the block. Yeah, the- like I almost kind of felt like we expected, it's like the, they repeated the same thing. They go out after we stop filming and they get drunk and they come back and we guys and it's like the same same thing story over and over again that's why the trips are always such but a it fight. always has a tr- it always has a twist because the twist for turks and caicos was the guy actually stayed over and was like naked on our bed the next morning listen <laughs> the only our reason bed, our well not in our bed but in our room pretty much because it was an yeah. adjoining room that didn't have a door on it like there comes a point where it's all good until it's not And the partying is a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun on the show and I had a lot of laughs on the show. But what happens is you're dealing with people that, you know, you think are in your age demographic. So there's going to be some similarities. But, you know, I felt like at one point when the clock struck 12, like I was back in college. (laughs) Yeah. Just raunchy shit. And, you know, and, and it was like between that and the toxicity and, and, you know, that I really wanted to nurture relationships and I wanted people to watch relationships grow and watch them have trouble and overcome the trouble. You know, that's what my life is like. And I knew with these women that we could do that, but I just, I was always going to fail at that. And that's why I had to go. No, you were on, you were on the wrong show, but you got out in time. I know you say you never have regrets, but do you sometimes think about things that were said about you, about your family, by people who only knew you from the 43 minutes a week that they saw for the course of time you were on the show? I have a couple perspectives on it. One of the things I recognize after being on the show that I wish I had known when I was on the show, and maybe I wouldn't, the scar tissue wouldn't be deep, is Mm -hmm. that we are entertainers and we are there to entertain. And I think that has been the longevity of the OGs, the Luann, the Ramona, the, you know, Sonia, even though she's a newbie, is they're comedians, they're, they're caricatures of themselves. If you look at the backgrounds of Sonia and Luann and Bethany, they all wanted to be actresses or models, even Kristen Takeman. They were all, you know, in their early 20s, pursuing careers in entertainment as actresses and models. So I think they just had a completely different perspective on it. Yeah. Whereas you were a serious businesswoman. I was a serious journalist. Which is what, and Aviva had a handicap. I mean, quite honestly, you know, she had the right storyline. And I thought, so think about what picture that painted to me going into the show I thought that's what they wanted. They wanted serious, a little bit more serious people to balance some of the funny. So I wish that maybe I didn't take things to heart. You know, in the end, outside of Sonia, really, you know, I have relationships with everybody that I was on the show with. I mean, 
I don't, if I see Luann, you know, I thought that that was a real relationship. It wasn't, but I didn't cry in my soup over. It wasn't like I lost somebody near and dear to me. Like if our relationship for, you know, some reason ever ended, that would be, that would, I would miss you desperately. Mm -hmm. I didn't miss Luann, but I was just like, all right, whatever. Another thing that I thought was real that wasn't. It's exactly what you said. What you're seeing with your eyes and hearing is not actually what's happening. And and then when you see, forget about like the edited version, you're like, wait a minute, that's not at all. I know. I know. I think that that's the whole point is, is that the show's for entertainment. People that are on the show, you know, on our show that I can only speak to New York that are willing to do things that maybe doesn't put them in the best light and they don't really care, you know, do anything for entertainment value with, you know, not as grounded ethics and, you know, morals that I have with how I represent myself all the time. You know, I don't want to judge that. That's, that's for them. It just wasn't, you know, for me, but I love the experience I had. I love the experiences I still get to have. But, you know, we have uh, life after housewives and the ethics and values that we came to the show on are the ones that we also left the show with. And yeah, you left after three seasons, six seasons is a real bear. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I probably overstayed my welcome. One Let's season more that. than I wanted you to. No, I know. But you know what? It's like, I stayed for the money. But, you know, like you savor the money and I, you know, and sometimes you stay longer than you feel in your heart that you should. But I mean, I don't regret it, but it was uh, a big learning lesson about a lot of different things in life. But I would have stayed another season if Bravo and I could come to some agreement, but they were unwilling. I was not willing. I mean, it was, it was bad at the end. I'm not going to like sugarcoat it at all. And I'm glad that it's behind me. But it's made me loud, apparently. I'm very outspoken. and I am like the girl you were when I met you at the Ace Hotel when you ran in and said, holla, Ratsy. <laughs> I've actually become that girl now. I'm like hollering at everybody. Well, <laughs> like, when, you give, when you have a topic that you feel strongly about, that's who you've always been. But um, now apparently I'm the queen of shade. Do you, do you ever get that? Like I'm like I'm sure once this podcast airs, they'll pull some quotes that I've said or you've said, and and the headline will be you know Ra- Carol Radswell shades Roni Heather Thompson shades Roni. Now to be honest, before I ever went on Roni, I didn't know what shade was. I didn't. I learned. I mean, Bravo built that franchise on shade on women <laughs> being petty and shady. And I learned at the foot of the, of the best. So I'm like, was I being shady? I feel like I was just telling the truth. I completely agree. So I want to talk a little bit about, I know that skincare is your Mac daddy favorite thing in the whole wide world. And it certainly shows my dear friend. Your skin is always glowing and beautiful. And I've always found out about some of the latest gadgets uh, visiting your bathroom. So (laughs) I like to say that writing is is my job and skincare is my hobby. But now I write about skincare too. And skincare is also a job. I just want to put that out there because a lot of people, certainly when you reach a certain age, everyone's like, oh my God, your skin looks so good. And it's a compliment, obviously, but you start to feel like, 
you know, it's a little bit of a, like your skin looks so good for, you for its age, you know, <laughs> there's a little bit of ageism, but I got to be honest, I think my skin looks good for any age. And I only say that because I know the time that I put in. And since I was a little girl in my twenties, thirties, forties, I always took care of my skin, but it's, it's a lot of work. And I think most people really don't have the dedication. Dedication. Yeah. And so now it's like second nature to me because I've just been doing it my whole life. But you've got to exfoliate once a week. You got to use hydrating masks. You got to use the retinol at night. You have to, you know, vitamin C in the morning. But you can't expect to do like one laser treatment and then your skin is suddenly going to look bright and tight. It just doesn't work that way. You really, it's a commitment like anything else, like going to the gym, like taking care of your body. It's all a, a round circle. It's a full plate of health and wellness for looking and feeling great. But one of the things that you said that I really love is you said, I think my skin looks good at any age. And I love that because one of the conversations that we had a lot was age shaming. So, and I didn't really think about it that much, you know, uh, ha ha ha, maybe because you were a couple years older than me. Ha ha ha. I didn't really (laughs) think about it that much um, until you brought it up to me. And now I watch it. That's like the bedrock of housewives for Christ's sake. So talk about that because, you know, now that at 50 years old, you know, I understand when you say something like, you know, age shaming better than I did in my, you know, late thirties or my forties. Let's talk about that a little bit, because I think it's something that the young people should know about. And then old people should know about too, because like, we want to feel good about each phase of our life. I'll give you an example. And I could circle it back to Roni in a way. And, and only because you were there now this season, I I mean, to be honest, I gotta be honest, I don't watch the show, so I'm not going to judge anyone on the show. I haven't met the new cast or anything, but I saw on social media, the scene, this is an example. You were in the Berkshires at Dorinda's house. Yeah, I will tell you, there was this moment where Leah, the new girl, gets up, they're toasting, and she seems fun, and she's apparently a great housewife, and that's good. And she gets up, and she walks out of the room. But before she walks out of the room, she screams and laughs, oh, my God, I'm the only one here who still gets their period. Uh, And I was like, okay. I mean, listen, I'm sure she's a great girl, and she doesn't mean to age shame or anything, but I think... David's Bridal, where brides and bridesmaids get fabulously dressed. We let our friends pick out what we wear, show off our dance moves, obsess over every little detail, hold your hand through it all, smile bravely when it's time to let go, make your dreams come true. The things we do for love, only at David's Bridal. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It goes down. It go down in the field. 
21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. That is what I'm talking about when I say it's so integrated in our DNA that we're not even aware of it. So what she is saying is this old misogynistic patriarchal narrative about women of a certain age. Women are not valued as women over baby making age. And it's a centuries old patriarchal trope and narrative. And Not one of you, and I don't think she understood what she was saying in that regard. She was just making a funny line. And she wasn't only insulting all of you, but every woman over a certain age who feels that, it's like, oh, okay, there's some value in still being able to have babies. And women who aren't able to have babies aren't quite as valued. It's just like a little passive dig. Like, let me remind you. And none of you say anything. I was disappointed in you, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't say, wait a minute, honey, let me school you and what's going on. Let me let you understand what you're feeding into. And in that way, that's what, that's what I mean. We get shamed. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that's a great point. And and I think it's true. And I think that it's valid for some people It might go right over their head. Like, you know, for me, I, rem- I remember exactly what you're speaking out. I remember her saying that. And I thinking to myself, like, you poor thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, sorry, you still have to go deal with all that stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like estrogen happy and everything's good with me. <laughs> Thank you. And F, by the way, I see the headline already. Carol Radziwill shades newcomer uh, on Roni. <laughs> so I'm calling it out before anyone else calls me out. Well, I met- Oh, shade, Leia. Hey, listen, shade is what that show was built on. So, but that is not what we're doing here. We're, we're here to talk about the topics that we talk about as girlfriends together, those that I believe need light shed on them and that need a little bit more investigation and a little bit more understanding. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the, I guess, comments, like you said, that you're this big loudmouth now. And it's because you state your opinions and you state what you believe is right and wrong about politics today. And I I want to talk about that because you're you were a working woman when we went to Roni, or you're you're a working woman after you went to Roni, and you are a journalist that is in search of the truth and reporting. And that's who well, you I mean, are. Just not by trade really anymore, although you know I write No, but it's inbreded in, you know it's, it's by nature. That's just my that's who I am and that's probably why I, I went into journalism, you know, sort of the search for the truth and facts and logic and all that stuff. But your experiences of war and Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff have and your experiences working for Peter Jennings and you know a lot about politics. You know more <laughs> than I know about politics. 
I wish you were on season eight with me then, whenever the Trump election season was. But we started filming in October of 2016, and everyone in the country was only talking about the election. And that's all I wanted to talk about. That's all I could talk about, honestly. And it was hard to talk to all of them about it yeah. because you know, I realized it was something that I had more knowledge of, you yes. know, like just based on my profession and being interested in it for 15 years at ABC. But I couldn't have the conversation. They, whether it's like ego driven, they didn't, they sh- just kept shutting it down and saying, well, you're acting like you know more than me. And, and every time I was like, but I do, it always came across that I was like a know it all. I'm like, no, no, no. But no, I actually do because it's something right. I care about and it's something I read about and it's something I follow. But it just wasn't hitting. But I remember, and I will never tire of saying, I told you so to everyone. When I did this scene, I think I was at Bethany's apartment and I was talking about the election and Donald Trump. And I call, I remember calling him a buffoon. And I remember saying he can't possibly win because from what I saw, he had almost disqualified himself anyway because of the antics that he was doing during the primary even and into the general I remember saying he's not going to win. And the Southern District of New York is already investigating him. The guy is just a criminal. And I just went on and on about it. And they put it in the show. And I remember when it aired. And then, of course, what happened? He won. And I thought, oh, God, now I'm going to have to relive this when it airs. So it's all in the show. And at the time, I felt like, let's give him a chance. I was a little bit like that first six months. Let's give him a chance. Maybe he'll grow into the job. And here it is. I'm on national television calling him buffoon and all this stuff. And I'm like, damn. And of course, now I feel like I insulted the buffoon. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't care. I'm going to say, I told you so again and again and again. And that is why I am out there and being loud about voting. I've always been loud about that. I think in that in that season, I was canvassing in Pennsylvania with my mother. They showed that. And I continue to be really loud about it because it's, it's you know, it doesn't matter if you're my half my family are Republicans, you know, but they're real Republicans. They're not Trumpers. They didn't vote for him. And this isn't an election, really, to be honest, about what whether you want a Democrat or a Republican in the in the White House. This is literally democracies on the ballot. So I'm going to go on the record again, and God, I hope I'm not wrong this time, but I, I feel like the country has, has learned its lesson. It's like, oh, wait a minute. We actually need someone in there who knows how the system works. One of the things that I love about who you are as a person is the fact that you have an opinion and you stand on your platform unapologetically for the things that you believe in. And you know, I have definitely come to my own conclusion that we need better education on the history of America. We need better education on how the voting process really works. People really believe that their vote doesn't count. They don't believe that they can actually make change. And that's still an issue. And we can make change. And I I voted by mail for the primary in June in New York. And I'll tell you something, I loved it because I'm not 100% versed in all the candidates. No one is. And so I, just like everyone else, you get to the voting booth and you're like, have a list of people and you're like, oh my God, who are all these people and what do they stand for? I don't even know who's yes. the controller and the just, then the judge for this and the judge for that and the city council and that. And you're like, ah, but when I voted by mail, it's like, you get the ballot, 
there's the list of names. And then what you do, you Google and you're like, oh, what does this guy stand for? What does this woman stand for? And you take your time. You're not pressured in this tiny little booth where you feel like everyone's staring at you and there's a line and people are like looking, come on, come on, hurry up. (laughs) It's like, we should all be voting by mail. You're saying something that's really honest and true is, is that we need a little bit more time to understand what's happening and who is up for election and what they stand for and state to state what we need to help. And all of that has to start to change for our youth. I don't want my kids to ever walk in a voting booth and feel scared. I think a lot of people do. And that's why they don't vote. They feel like they don't, they're ignorant. They don't know the people. It's like, oh, and they just don't want to vote straight down the line. Or maybe just they do do that. And I'm telling you, this voting by mail thing, it changed my life. And I'm someone who does understand the voting process and I do follow the candidates. So I do under have a little bit of an understanding of who they are and what they stand for. But I was like, you know, you got to vote for those little guys too. Yeah. The council people that are the city council who's making law and regulations in your own neighborhood. Yes. And having an opportunity to demolish some of the fear that people have when it comes to voting and getting involved and understanding standing politics. That is how we enact change. I just want to say, I love this. Um, it's called IamAVoter.com. You just go on it and it, and it registers you to vote. It gives you all this information and, and you know where your precinct is. And it just details every single thing you need to know about how to vote. So I just want to encourage people to, if they don't know or if they, they don't think they don't, they think they're registered, but they're not sure, they can just go to I am a voter and they have it all laid out in a very digestible way. And, you know, you just need to prepare ahead of time and make a plan. That's all. Just make a plan, go walk past your polling place, you know, before November 3rd, just get familiar with it. And I mean, I think again, voting by mail is fantastic and I prefer that. And if people can do that, that's great. I love that website and I love that tip and that's amazing. So thank you for that. Speaking of tips, What can you impart on the listeners today and like ways to find our freedoms? I think knowledge, knowledge is freedom. And listen, there's so many things that I just don't know at all about. In fact, in these last few months and during this time of such civil unrest, I've been really researching and reading about the Black experience. And it is just shocking. You know, we all know the story of this country and the Civil War and the... but. The story that we were told is not actually the story of what happened, you know? And it's like, how did I get to be 55 and not know that? Yes. And like when you start understanding even that that little bit, it just changes your perspective and new perspectives and knowledge to me is freedom. That and also my new 1998 Red Jeep Cherokee. (laughs) I'm getting on the road, honey. (laughs) And that really is in the physical sense, not the intellectual sense freedom. I am so grateful to have you on this show. I'm so... It's so much more fun to talk about behind the scenes at Roni. I know, I know, I know. And we'll talk about more. I mean, listen, we have a, a, a true ongoing narrative in our lives together. You are constantly a source of information and great advice and just listening sometimes when I need need that too. And so I love to, that I get to share that with the people who listen uh, likewise for you. Oh, I love you so much. All right, Raz, you know, I know how to look you up, but can you just please reiterate where our viewers can find you outside of oh. here on my podcast? 
<laughs> well, I'm very active on my Instagram and my Twitter. It's my name, at Kara Radziwill. So, and that's R-A-D-Z-I-W-I-L-L. Yes, and you can read all of my political rantings and my venting and my general bullshit that I talk about. And most of all, if you don't know how to vote, where do they go? I am a voter. You can get them on Instagram, on Twitter, and you just put your name in. They'll tell you if you're registered, where you're registered. If you're not, they'll register you. It's just like, get out to vote, make a plan now, go early. Yes. So IamAVoter.com is a great resource. And as always, I love you. Thank you, honey. Thank you for tuning in. This is In My Heart. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to follow along at I am Heather T and send me any questions. Please don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you stream your podcasts. And join us next week for another episode.